0: Welcome to episode 105 of the TruthQuest podcast, the truth about June 2020. Before we get started, I want to ask you to do me a favor and share the show. If you're on social media and topics such as vote by mail, political blasphemy and heresy, the outrage culture, Abe Lincoln or socialism in America comes up, please share the topic specific TruthQuest episode with your debate partner. Episodes are available on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spotify, and Podbean.com. The video version of the podcasts are available on bitshoot.com, brighteon.com, and ThinkSpot. If you are listening to this on the Apple Podcast app, please take a moment and scroll down on the podcast page and give it a 5-star rating. Another way you can help grow the show is to throw a small donation my way at the TruthQuest Podcast patronage page. All donations will be used to drive awareness of the podcast. See this episode's show notes page at truthquest.podbean.com. And finally, please join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash truthquestpodcast. I think it's safe to say that June 2020 will go down in history as the month that the left wing jumped the shark. The nation was dominated by woke warriors and virtue signalers. The news of the month, of course, was dominated by protests and riots following the death of George Floyd at the hands of a Minneapolis police officer. Minnesota Attorney General Keith Ellison elevated the charges against the officer from third degree murder to second degree. So I've got two things to say here. Number one, Ellison is an idiot, which goes without saying if you know anything about him. I'll let you do your own research on him to avoid going down that rat hole. Anyways, back to my point. Ellison has just shown his hand. His goal is not to convict the officer. He knows he will not be able to get a conviction, even with the video of the -the knee-in-the-neck tactic. So he overcharges him. See, third-degree homicide means the death was unintentional, but caused by a reckless act that would endanger someone to the point they would die. Second-degree homicide can be intentional or unintentional. An intentional murder would be a drive-by shooting or to intentionally cause death, but not plan it. An unintentional second-degree murder would be someone killed during a felony, like robbing a bank or a convenience store. Which brings me to my second point. How can an officer be charged with homicide for performing a restraint tactic that is right out of the police department's policy and procedures manual? One in which was used 44 times since 2015 to render suspects unconscious. What you say? I saw the video... That officer was smug and devilish. Nope, he was doing what he was trained to do. It was right there in section 5-311 under the use of force. The subsection is called use of neck restraints and chokeholds. It read in part, quote, neck restraint defined as compressing of a person's neck by an arm or leg, end quote. And there are two types. There is unconscious and conscious neck restraint. As of June 9th, this section now reads, quote, prohibition on neck restraints and chokeholds, end quote. So we can thank the folks who are ultimately in charge of the police department and responsible for the policy and procedures adopted by the department the Democratic mayor of Minneapolis, the Democratic city council, and the black police chief. And we can thank partisan hack A.G. Ellison. When a year from now, when the officer is put on trial and ultimately found not guilty of second-degree murder because he was performing a tactic in which he was trained to do by the city of Minneapolis, the nation will be subjected to another round of civil unrest, riots, and race baiting. Speaking of riots, suffice it to say that there were some peaceful protests against police brutality all over the country and, and all over the globe. But the left jumped the shark, and claim the United States is systemically racist. And they changed the definition of racism. Now anyone who is white is racist because of their skin color. Isn't that racist? Anyways, anyone who is white is now considered racist. They might not know it, but they are. Oh, and we found out that silence is violence, so that means that if you don't speak out against racism, or as Senator Elizabeth Warren put it, if you're not, quote, anti-racist, and donate to the proper organizations, you are racist. Oh, and we found out that the coronavirus cannot be contracted during riots and protests. It can only be contracted in states run by Republican governors who reopen their state's economy, especially in Florida, Georgia, Texas, and Arizona, despite the fact that all of these states have fewer deaths per capita than states under Democratic control like New Jersey, Connecticut, Illinois, Massachusetts, Michigan, and New York. Oh, and you must not go to church or to a bar or to a gym to work out because the virus will get you there. But the ABC store, uh, Protest March, grocery stores, Walmart, Home Depot, Lowe's, they're apparently COVID-free zones. So the shark jumping by the loony left wing in America continued with the defund the police movement. Here's a multiple choice question for you. If your goal is to reduce crime, you should A, defund the police, B, give more money to failing school systems. C, make it more difficult for law-abiding citizens to arm themselves. Or D, none of the above. What do you think? Minneapolis City Council thinks A, since they voted to defund their police department. That's the same group that oversaw the policy and procedures manual of the Minneapolis Police Department that resulted in the death of George Floyd. Minneapolis Mayor Jacob Fry, the woke one, said... He was not in favor of defunding the police, and he got a big F.U. from the crowd he was addressing. Boy, they loved him last month when he allowed a police precinct to be burned to the ground. How quickly the woke crowd will turn on you. Joe Biden came out and opposed the defunding of the police. They'll have his head on a platter eventually. Then a Monmouth poll showed that blacks and whites were equally satisfied with their local police department. Here's the numbers. Very and somewhat satisfied. Whites, 45% and 27% respectively. Blacks were 21% very satisfied. 51% somewhat satisfied. File this under Gone with the Wind and Gone with Aunt Jemima. In their effort to appease the woke warriors, HBO Max jumped into the virtue signaling pool by blacklisting Gone with the Wind. While not only being one of the highest grossing movies of all time, it also stars a woman named Hattie McDaniels, the first African-American actress to win an Oscar. Quaker Foods announced they would rename Aunt Jemima syrup and scrub the logo to, quote, make progress towards racial inequality, end quote, ending 130 years of the logo depiction. Thanks, HBO and Quaker, for no longer being part of this problem of systemic, institutionalized racism in America. I don't know about you, but I think the problem is now solved. Oh, not so fast. What you gonna do? What you going to do when the woke mob comes for you? The Paramount Network, their answer is to cancel the 30-year running show Cops that has featured drug busts, car chases, and DUIs. The Paramount Network decided not to bring cops back due to Black Lives Matter protests. Not to be outdone, country music group Lady Antebellum and the group formerly known as the Dixie Chicks and formerly known as a popular country group before they lambasted President Bush during a concert, and subsequently were cast aside by the country music fanbase. Both changed their name in order to placate the woke mobs. See, in America, you can't use words that refer to the 1860s or to the South because of the systematic racism. In other news from the loony left wing in America, a so-called autonomous zone known as Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, or CHOP, or CHAZ, I can't remember exactly which one they landed on, was established in Seattle. It lasted a full week and a half, maybe two weeks, before a class action lawsuit was filed against the Seattle mayor, Jenny Durkin, and the governor, Jay Inslee, over the handling of this so-called chop zone. Because they failed to do their job and protect their constituents within the zone. Heaven forbid you do your job with the woke warrior mob outside your door. Former Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein admitted to the Senate Judiciary Committee that he had not read every word of the faulty FISA applications for a warrant on an advisor to Donald Trump's campaign. Rosenstein was appearing as part of the committee's review of Crossfire Hurricane investigation into alleged Russia collusion, one that Chairman Lindsey Graham has promised for three years Rosenstein left the department in April of 2019 after special counsel Robert Mueller found no collusion. Last year, the Department of Justice Inspector General also released a report confirming that the FBI had lied on the dossier compiled by former British spy Christopher Steele in its warrant application with the FISA court for the surveillance of Trump's aide Carter Page. Rosenstein also admitted that the Mueller investigation had proceeded even though There was no evidence of collusion in 2017, and he told the committee that he would not, in retrospect, have signed the FISA application if he knew what he knew now. Oh, well, that's okay, Rod, because the damage is already done. Mission accomplished. Barack Obama addressed the nation on a live stream video to discuss police violence in an online town hall. No one cared. New Orleans Saints quarterback Drew Brees said he would never agree with anyone disrespecting the flag by kneeling for the national anthem. The outrage culture, see episode 102, kicked into high gear to make sure Brees got his head right. Since there are no sports to talk about during the coronavirus lockdown, ESPN went wall-to-wall for several days on Brees' comments. Idiots like Shannon Sharp said they would never forgive Breeze for his comments and not worshipping at the altar of Wokeness and Colin Kaepernick. Teammates and LeBron James relentlessly criticized Breeze. Within days, Breeze apologized for his comments. So did his wife. That's weird. He said in part, quote, "I made comments that were insensitive and completely missed the mark on the issues we are facing right now as a country end quote." That's right, Drew. You must seek repentance and absolution from the religion of wokeness where no dissenting opinions are permitted freedom of speech is suspended no one with a thought outside the three by five card of allowable opinion may remain in good standing no one may think differently about a subject as important as a football player kneeling during the national anthem whether he's kneeling to protest racism in general police brutality Discrimination, inequality, white privilege, white supremacy, institutionalized racism, or systemic racism. You are a sinner, Drew. You are a political blasphemer. You are a heretic for perceiving that action as disrespectful. Between you and me, I feel very sorry for Joe Biden. He clearly is having some health issues, and more specifically, mental health issues. I cannot believe his family and the Democratic Party are putting him out there, even if it's only a handful of times each month. If elected, he will most surely be the most demonstrable example of a puppet president since Woodrow Wilson. During the month, he said, quote, Do we really think that this is as good as we can be as a nation? I don't think the vast majority of people think that. There are probably anywhere from 10 to 15% of people out there that are just not very good people. But that's not who we are. The vast majority of people are decent. Well, Republicans lambasted him for parroting Hillary Clinton's deplorable comment. Given the way the corporate press cherry-picks Trump quotes, I hardly feel compelled to chastise Republicans for doing it, but at least I gave you the full quote, unlike how the press and the National Democrats handled Trump's there-are-good-people-on-both-sides comments about Charlottesville. Biden's biggest gaffe of the month was his comment that, quote, we had over 120 million dead from COVID, end quote. Bottom line is, the same people who want Trump removed via the 25th Amendment are ignoring Biden's clear issues. Let's spend some time talking about the Supreme Court. Check out episode 16, The Truth About the Supreme Court, for a deep dive. Let me, let me reiterate a point that is lost on most Americans. The Supreme Court issues opinions. Not rulings. Not decisions. Not legislation. Not settled law. And their opinions can only be applied to the parties to the case they heard. Their opinion does not apply to the entire country. You need to remember those two facts when you hear discussions about the Supreme Court. In the case of Bostock v. Clayton County, the majority in the court essentially rewrote a piece of legislation, namely Title VII of the 1964 Civil Rights Act, which was passed in order to bar job discrimination because of sex. The majority claim that the law applies to gays and people who claim to have changed sex. The majority claim that the law applies to gays and people who claim to have changed sex, even if the Congress that passed the law and the president who signed the law did not know it at the time. It's the very definition of judicial activism. All four progressive judges voted to expand the court's definition of biologic sex to include the transgender claim of internal gender identity. I'll let the dissenting justices explain. Quote, there is only one word for what the court has done today, legislation. The document that the court releases is in the form of a judicial opinion interpreting a statute, but that is deceptive. That was Judge Sam Alito and Justice Clarence Thomas. Here's more. Quote, instead of hard-earned victory won through the democratic process, today's victory is brought about by judicial dictates. Judges latching on to a novel form of living literalism to rewrite ordinary meaning and remake American law. Under the Constitution and laws of the United States, this court is the wrong body to change American law in that way. We are judges, not members of Congress. But when this court usurps the role of Congress as it does today, the public understandably becomes confused about who the policymakers really are in our system of separated powers. End quote. That was Justice Brett Kavanaugh. Then we were treated to another case having to do with DACA, or Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals. I'll keep it brief, but suffice it to say, Obama issued an executive order essentially granting amnesty to these folks who were brought to the states by their parents. So if one president can grant amnesty via executive order, another one can undo it via executive order. Or at least that's how things would work in a society not run by activist judges. Nope, the majority opinion says Trump cannot reverse Obama's order because he didn't jump through the right regulatory hoops. Chief Justice Roberts sided with the loony leftists of the court who only ruled based on ideology, not law. Part of the dissent explains the issue clearly. Quote, Today's decision must be recognized for what it is, an effort to avoid a politically controversial but legally correct decision. The court could have made clear that the solution respondents seek must come from the legislative branch. End quote. The DACA program is clearly illegal. The three dissenting judges said, quote, DHS created DACA during the Obama administration without any statutory auth- authorization and without going through the requisite rulemaking process. As a result, the program was unlawful from its inception. The majority does not attempt to explain why the court has the authority to scrutinize an agency's policy reasons for rescinding an unlawful program under the arbitrary and capricious microscope, end quote. And just to prove the lack of legal analysis, Justice Sonia Sonomayor said the program should have been preserved until officials can prove, get this, that Trump and his deputies can show that they are not motivated by animus towards Latinos. Yep, that's actually in the opinion. They don't even pretend to protect and defend the Constitution or even hear the case at hand. It's ideology all the time. They should all be impeached for clearly violating their oath of office. Next, we were treated to an yet another Supreme Court opinion making the killing of babies in the womb easier. Heaven forbid a state attempt to protect and defend the innocent. I have produced several episodes on the abortion debate, including episodes number four and thirty-three. But if you really want to take a deep dive into the Supreme Court and the de- and the abortion debate, specifically Roe v. Wade. Please listen to episodes 46 and 47. I go into extensive detail about the opinion and point out not only how reprehensible much of it is, but the lack of legal and constitutional analysis. It's pure ideology all the time. Anyways, let me read to you from the first paragraph of this latest abortion case opinion and get you up to speed. It's from the case June Medical Services v. Rousseau. Quote, Louisiana's Act 620 which is almost word-for-word word identical to the Texas Admitting Privileges Law at issue in Whole Woman's Health v. Hellersted, requires any doctor who performs abortions to hold active admitting privileges at a hospital located no further than 30 miles from the location in which the abortion is performed or induced, and defines active admitting privileges as being a member in good standing of the hospital's medical staff with the ability to admit a patient and to provide diagnostic and surgical services to such a patient. So, by any standard, that's a logical, responsible legislative requirement. I mean, you can argue that it's just an excuse to get abortion clinics shut down, but if you are concerned about the life of the mother, which we are constantly beaten over the head with by pro abortionists, you would be hard pressed to say that this requirement is unnecessary. So, of course, the four ideologues on the court opined that Louisiana's law was unconstitutional. Believe me, they didn't even have to hear the arguments. Their minds were made up years ago when it comes to the abortion debate. All ideology, all the time. All abortions, all the time. But yet again, Chief Justice Roberts joined the libs. But what is noteworthy, what is remarkable and honestly inexcusable is Roberts dissented in the Hellerstad case four years ago. That's the almost identical case to the Louisiana case that I just read to you, meaning he voted against the law in the Texas case just four short years ago. But Roberts explained his flip-flop this way, Quote, The legal doctrine of star decisis requires us, absent special circumstances, to treat like cases alike. The Louisiana law imposes a burden on access to abortion just as severe as that imposed by the Texas law for the same reasons. Therefore, Louisiana's law cannot stand under our precedents. Meaning, he must follow the court's precedents, even one that he voted against previously. In other words, the guy has no principles. The bottom line is for Americans, the Supreme Court is just another corrupt institution riding roughshod over the rights of the majority. It's no different than the corporate press, Hollywood, the federal intelligence community, the higher education cartel, the federal bureaucracy, and the Federal Reserve. The outrage culture, the cancel culture, the mob runs America now. That's just a fact. In the case of the Supreme Court, they act as super legislators. They make up constitutional rights out of thin air. Then they claim that right as a precedent on another case, which is then used as a precedent on another case, and so on and so on. For example, the right of an abortion. It appears nowhere in the Constitution, yet in 1973 the Supreme Court found it. 60 million dead babies later and the court expands the right beyond all logical levels. Logic has nothing to do with it. It's all about ideology and shoving it down the throats of the sleepy, silent majority. President Trump held his first rally since the coronavirus shutdown in Tulsa, Oklahoma. The left taunted him because of the size of the crowd turns out left-wing groups purposely secured thousands of tickets to the rally to aid in the minimization of the crowd size. Here's what I wrote on Facebook. Quote, so let me get this straight. The corporate press never mentioned that Hillary could barely fill a high school gym with 200 or 300 supporters, while Trump held rally after rally across the country with tens of thousands. Then the corporate press ignores the fact that Biden can't even complete a sentence. Then, in the midst of a pandemic, With the public scared, threats of violence from the loony left in Antifa. They are going to comment on the crowd size at the rally? Woke warriors continued their faux outrage as they tore down statues and monuments across the country. Anything Confederate like Ulysses Grant was gone. Even George Washington and Thomas Jefferson were targets. Christopher Columbus. Oh my goodness. We can't have cities and universities named Columbus or Columbia because someone may be offended. And for some reason, Teddy Roosevelt was also found not to be worthy of a statue. Oh, and Abe Lincoln, believe it or not. Hall of Fame quarterback Brent Favre bending a knee to the mob compared Colin Kaepernick to Pat Tillman. See, Cap took a knee while the National Anthem was played and made millions of dollars from Nike. Pat Tillman left his NFL career behind in the prime of his career, went to Army Ranger School, fought and died in Afghanistan. Trump's former national security advisor, John Bolton, published his book, The Room Where It Happened, a White House Memoir. He got exactly two news cycles dedicated to it when it was published, and then no one gave a shit. In the latest evidence of America's systemic racism, a noose was found in the garage of NASCAR's only black driver, Bubba Wallace. He's the only black driver in their top series. The FBI sent in 15 agents to investigate the potential hate crime. All the drivers and crews demonstrated their solidarity with Wallace by pushing his car to the front of the field before a recent race. Turns out it wasn't a noose. It was a rope to open and close the garage door. There's one in every garage. I guess no noose is good news. File this under what social media bias. As we get closer to the November election, the canceling... Shadow banning, deplatforming, fact checking, demonetizing, censoring, and throttling down of non liberal public and not so public figures is ramping up on social media. It all started with Alex Jones and Richard Spencer and a few others. You know, people who are guilty of fill in the blank your favorite ism or ist or phobe, you know, various racists, white supremacists, misogynists, sexist, xenophobes, homophobes, transphobes. No one cared about them. Just last month, we saw Facebook ban its users from referencing a URL to a free speech alternative platform to YouTube called Brighteon.com. Why, you ask? Well, because they dared to allow a documentary called Plandemic to air on their free speech platform. During the month of June, we saw the CEO of Gab.com, a free speech alternative to Twitter, banished by Visa, leaving the site very limited options for online sales. Michael Flynn's attorney, Sidney Powell, was temporarily blocked out of her Twitter account. Project Veritas published another expose with a Facebook whistleblower who revealed the company's bias against conservatives. Trump's tweets are now regularly fact-checked, while loony left-wing hacks and accounts run by violent fascists go unneglected by the platform. Reddit banned an extremely popular pro-Trump subreddit channel, Prager University regularly gets harassed by YouTube, as does Steven Crowder. Now you have dozens of woke corporations pressuring Facebook to better regulate so-called hate speech on their platform by pulling their advertising in the month of July. Mark my word, Trump's Twitter account will be targeted and or taken down many times between now and November. And obscure, undefinable hate speech rules will be implemented at the various woke social media sites that all but shut down anyone who does not parrot the National Democrat Party's talking points. If you stray from the 3x5 card of allowable opinion, you will pay the price. For those of you who are interested in alternative social media platforms that protect your free speech, in addition to the two I already mentioned, Gab.com and BrightyOn.com. You can check out bitshoot.com, which is another alternative to YouTube, and the Parler app, spelled P-A-R-L-E-E-R, which is a Facebook alternative. I already have a presence on all of those platforms. Bob Johnson, founder of Black Entertainment Television, billionaire and former owner of the Charlotte Bobcats Hornets, said black people laugh at white people for toppling statues. Quote, You know, black people, in my opinion... Black people laugh at white people who do this, the same way we laugh at white people who say, we got to take off the TV shows. And he mentioned Dukes of Hazard*, a decades-old television program that has come under fire for featuring a car emblazoned with the Confederate flag. In a related story, statistics show that 46% of participants in recent protests were white, 17% black. I'll let you draw your own conclusions from that. As always, I like to take a look back at the markets over each month to see where we were and where we ended up. The big news in the markets this month, as was the case last month, is the growth of the Federal Reserve's balance sheet. What that means is the Federal Reserve is buying assets. So it used to stick to just buying U.S. Treasury bills and Treasury bonds. But now, with its unlimited ability to print U.S. dollars unchallenged by Congress or the President, they now have ventured into the bond market. They're buying bond ETFs, which are exchange-traded funds. They're similar to mutual funds. It won't be long before they start buying individual bonds and stocks, much like other central banks around the world are doing already. Why should you give a shit about this? Well, do you have a 401k? An IRA? Do you have any money in the stock market at all? Do you have dollars in a savings account? If you answered yes, you better get your shit together and start educating yourself On the bubble that the Fed is inflating in the stock and bond markets. In a nutshell the Fed is creating money like it grows on trees. Then they buy shit with those new dollars. Well these new illegitimate dollars prop up the market in which they are buying. So the market's valuation is not organic. It's not legitimate. Or maybe a better word is it's not authentic. People are not looking at the forward earnings and projections of Dow Chemical and ExxonMobil and then running fundamental analysis on their income statement and balance sheets to make a determination if, at the current price, it will be more valuable in the future. Fundamental analysis is dead. The name of the game now is to buy whatever the hell the Fed or some other central bank is buying. They will always be there with their freshly printed fiat currencies to buy whatever shit security you currently are holding. With that said, the Dow Jones Industrial Average ended up 1.5% and the S&P 500 ended up 2.5% for the month. Gold was up 3% and silver was up 1.4%. Please join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash truthquestpodcast.